Okay, welcome back to another episode of the Rag Report podcast with me, Sean Anderson, bringing you a daily bulletin show of recruitment news, insights, information from recruitment owners, advisors, suppliers, trainers, even investors around the world who are prepared to give up their time to help the industry both get through the pandemic we're facing through COVID, but also just to, to evolve and develop and, and be better. Uh, today, I'm super excited to be joined by Ben Brett. Ben is the strategic director and one of the founding partners of Ebenable. Ebenable are a professional development and well-being solutions provider that exclusively help recruitment agencies to better understand their people and develop uh, their individuals across the business. Um, I was introduced to Brett via Rhonda D'Ambrosio, who's also a partner, who was on a previous episode with me, where we talked about the, the importance of mental health, especially in lockdown. That episode went down really well. I shared a bit of experience, a chat with Brett and uh, sorry, Ben and I'm excited to find out what he's been up to. Before I do, I want to mention our sponsor, Rise Recruitment Ventures. These guys are an investment business helping recruitment agencies scale and exit. So backed by John, Jonathan Coxon and Alex Elliott, these two guys sold liquid personnel for over 20 million in 2016 and are now looking to help others do the same. So if you're a new startup or an early stage recruitment agency who might be looking for capital as well as some support to grow and exit, these guys are the people to talk to. Uh, I've known them for about six, seven months. We've worked together. We've, they've been on the podcast. Um, they're, they're genuinely good people, but also they're awesome at what they do. So I would uh, implore you to reach out to them via www.riserv.co.uk and find out if they can help you today. Right, back to the show. Ben, welcome to The Rag Report. Thanks for having me, Sean. Not a problem on this uh, absolutely miserable Friday <laughs> afternoon. Um, but look, first question, Ben. I ask every single guest who's been on this show since the start of lockdown. Can you give us uh, the opener by, by painting a picture on your life right now? You told me a bit about it pre-show, so you've got a lot going on. Paint for the listeners. Tell us what your life looks like right now. Okay, well, my life, as I was saying earlier, Sean, it doesn't look a lot different from what it did pre-lockdown. Um, but I'm, I'm a father of five, so quite a uh, couple of kids who don't need juggling anymore, but some of the younger ones do. Um, and, you know, most of my work over the last, well, two years really has been in preparation for what we're doing within Evenable. It's gone through a number of different iterations. Um, for the last, I started off recruitment in 1986. Um, working for a company called Computer People, that then became part of a larger and larger organization. Mm-hmm. It was one of the uh, people who got involved in Best International Group at an early stage. That, that was in 1996. I left there in 2001 with the idea that really what I, what I wanted to do with the rest of my career was, was help people in, in recruitment, especially people who found themselves in leadership roles, um, um, you know, a lot of people set up recruitment, they're good recruiters, they scale the business, at some point they hit some kind of ceiling mm. and they, you know, it's useful to have someone who's, who's been, been there and done that, um, you know, on call. So a lot of the work involved that, it was, most of it was kind of learning driven so, and, and training, although I, I load the word training now, it's dead, as we say, really? learning. Um, so I got involved in, in sort of helping, helping organizations grow, but through a culture focus and a learning focus, what we now know as learning. When did you move the word training to learning? Or when, did, when did the industry shift across? 
Um, well, I think learning and development start to take over, didn't it? Um, same way that talent start to re replace recruitment in some ways. The same way that sort of HR replaced personnel. Um, but I think learning and development doesn't really go the whole way for me. I think we need to drop development and just stick to learning because if you learn, you will develop. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. okay. So it crept in, I don't know, it started appearing, didn't it? Three, four years ago, I suppose. Yeah, I, don't, I wasn't aware of it, but I'll, uh, I'll keep an eye on that change. Um, so, Crept up on you. Yeah, must have, must have. Um, so tell me about your experience of lockdown um, and what have you, I guess, what, what did you see in the early days of March and, and how did your clients, what, what sort of help did your clients want from you? Yeah, I mean, they mainly, uh, it started to feel they were a bit sort of caught in the headlights, I suppose. It's interesting because this has happened super fast. It's the fourth recession. I'm really showing my age here. Um, or no, it is a recession. I know people hate the R word, but it is. You know, Something was going to cause a recession because typically around the end of a decade, in my experience, something happens. An investment bank crashes you know, right back to October 87. You know, there was slowdown, the, the, tech, the sort of tech bubble burst in, in 2000, 2001, around that time. Uh, which caused certainly a big, big hit for uh, IT recruiters, of which I was one at that time. So, so a, a lot of people wanted the advice of someone who kind of was going to tell them it would be all right. Now, I, I suppose, and I heard a lot of messages out there early doors about how it would be all right. But, but my message was, look, let's, you know, let's get ready, because something around about now, in the timing of the decade and everything, is going to trigger tougher times. So um, it, it, people wanted that, that advice. And the advice was, you know, get your costs well under control. Look, you know, the, the obvious things, I suppose. Um, also, start thinking about how to repackage recruitment services. Because someone will be trying to eat your lunch as a recruiter as consulting firms often do so whose lunch can you eat um, and back in late 80s early 90s i was lucky enough to be surrounded by people who who uh, computer people who were very solutions driven in what we were doing and we said right we're going to eat the consultancy's lunch uh, consultancy is going to be uh, is, is 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 expensive you know, graduate trainees are largely being used on projects. The guarantees they're offering, are they really, really, really that different from contractors? And so we took on the idea of, of, of selling contractors as part of work package solutions. And it, I did very well. I got it just nearly 70 contractors billing over 800,000 a year, three years on the bands. So that's what, what can we be thinking now? You know, I think a lot of the more specialist recruiters can eat some of the headhunters lunch. A lot of the real good contract providers can have some of the um, can have some of the consultancy and, and software providers and other providers of outsourced services. So yeah, that that's kind of where I, I think we have to we have to position ourselves and we have to be clever and we have to know that relationships. I said keep in touch with all your top candidates and clients because a lot of people will be worrying about themselves, worry about them, and they'll remember you. You know. When, when, when we return to some sort of normality, whatever that normality is, a new normality. I'm interrupting this episode to 
bring to your attention our second sponsor. That's Odro. Odro is calling on the recruitment industry in, in absence of organized events to take part in what's called the Active Recruiter Challenge. The idea is that we'll all get together on the same day, Friday the 10th of July, to run either a 10K or a half marathon. Um, this is a combined effort from all recruiters to run from their homes and follow any route you want up and down the country. We're hoping that together we can raise money for a teenage cancer trust. Um, and in order to do so, we want all runners to contribute £25 in sponsorship. Fitness and charity, what a combination. To get involved, sign up to the Active Recruiters Club on Strava, then join the 10K or the half marathon from there. Strava will then track our times so that we can use them and find out how we're competing with our friends and colleagues. There's also a runner's pack with numbers and wristbands which will be sent out from Odro once you get involved. Finally, see Odro's Active Recruiters blog for full details. Everything will be shared in a link to this podcast what well, um what about the people that work for these organizations that's i think that's been the one of the most interesting and difficult periods that we the parts of this period has been yeah the uncertainty around not only will these people be in jobs in a few months but with the furlough scheme how do you even manage these people how do you keep them active or are you allowed to keep them active? There's so much uncertainty. And even now I still speak to people that don't know if they should have their teams, you know, logged off bullhorn and all these different questions. What, what have you done in terms of helping businesses with that? Yeah, good question. So they're able to learn and they're able to invest in their learning. Now, as far as I'm concerned, learning always has, we, we follow the scaffolding approach to learning. So you know, learn it, do it, micro learning, do something, take a tiny slither of learning, then apply it. Now, in order to apply that learning, you have to do something practical. Now, whether it's keeping in touch on the right side of legality, yep. if you're furloughed with clients or contractors or candidates or whatever, then have, do something practical with it. You know, if you're really nervous about those implications, then obviously you can speak to, you can practice with colleagues, whatever, sharpen up your skills. Look at your candidate base and look at your, your what I call the universe, the candidates and clients are looking. Look for greater areas of overlap. There's a chance to remap, isn't there now, and get yourself ready so that when you come out of the other side of the gate, um, you're, super, you know, you're super prepared and your relationships have been kept in check as far as they can legally. You're allowed to train, um, you're, which is the word I hate, you know, but you're allowed to learn during the period. So that was my counsel. What about let's communication? Learn from this and let's learn during this. What about communication when it comes to getting that balance right between focusing on your people that are currently working, focusing on people that are on the bench, focusing on your clients? Like there's a hell of there's a whole new game around communication and also with the fact that we're not sat in an office it's all remote what what have you seen there what has, what have people done well what have people not done so well yeah so around communication i'm i'm, and I'm seeing i mean the, the number of zoom users has just grown exponentially hasn't it and i, I use zoom I use google hangouts mm. um and also webex so i think all of those people have learned haven't they to to use those tools to maximum effect and um, it, it, it was coming anyway, but you know, organisations such as you know, Audro, Audro, um, 
um, my mates who are at Hinterview, these kind of companies obviously have been having a bonanza time because those recruiters who can work um, have been have just really capitalized and really jumped on those, those, uh, those tools because, um, I mean, I'm hoping that that's the way it'll go. You know, in my first out days, I mean, FaceTime's important. It can't be replaced. But is the Monday morning meeting, however we jazz it up, the best use of FaceTime? And what everyone from one of my mates who's on the board at Shell has told me we, we've spotted so many inefficiencies from working remotely in, in working non-remotely that actually there's a lot of principles that we're going to carry forward. And that's the feedback I'm hearing. You know, we can work much more efficiently. What, another thing I think about, Sean, always is that as recruiters, we, we need to be sort of on call 12 hours a day. We don't need to be strapped to a desk in one location at that time. It always amazes me that recruiters take lunch at lunchtime, you know, when, you know, that's when candidates and clients are going to be accept, more accessible, let's say, than they would be in core working hours. So rethinking what the recruiter clock looks like. And I've, you know, I've been encouraging people to do that. If you think about um, it, yeah, I, I always used to like calling my clients at about eight o'clock when yeah. they usually got to, the ones you know, you'd work them out pretty quick, but you'd know the guy that sat at his desk with a coffee who's actually on his email. Yeah. And you know, by nine, he's in a board meeting or in a meeting. Like, and that, that, even now, like, I've, got, I've got loads of my clients who are like 5, 6 a.m. guys and others. Um, and others will be, you know, later on in the day. I've got some clients that email me at 10 at night. And yeah. it is about understanding that 100%. I totally agree. The, the interest, I mentioned it on, on uh, yesterday's show, and, and it's coming up a lot. I, I, hope, I hope my listeners aren't thinking, no, oh, Sean, come on, come up with something new here. But I am really <laughs> fascinated by it. And I'm asking questions probably to help myself, right? But... There's, a, there's that whole piece around we've gone from being five days a week in an office to five days a week at home, and it's that balance now. And it, almost, I think, the current situation, or if you're still all at home, is more similar to the old situation than what we're going to face soon. So, you know, having everyone in or everyone out means we're all on the same boat. Whereas the new world, everyone's saying, you know, all these polls are going off saying it's going to be two days in and three days home and whatever. And I, I completely subscribe to that. I'm, I'm going to, I want to do the same thing. But then you've got this complexity around, well, actually, who is in each day? And Johnny's in and Steve's in, but Jenny's not. And I, I don't know, what do you think? How, how can businesses or have you yeah, even, how so can you make the most of that opportunity? I think you, for, for my money anyway, you, you completely change the work, the office environment, and you completely sort of repurpose it. Um, a friend of mine's been working on this. I've only got two friends, and this is the second one. He, he's, um, he's been working on the, the refurbishment of Barclays, yeah. um, sort of flexible working environments, and Google. <clears throat> My daughter's working on the Google project up in, um, in King's Cross. So the new working environment, allows people, up for me anyway, it's not rows of desks, and obviously we're gonna get there, but it's not that. It's small group working, everybody's got, you know, you can have a landline based on broadband, can't you, and a laptop, and you can move around anywhere. Um, and I think, the, so people being able to meet in group situations or book group areas or uh, individual areas, depending on their needs for that day, some people can't work remotely or they, they feel that they can't. And it's possible if you 
put your mind to it to a degree, or they might have a really difficult home situation, so it means they can't do it. Yeah. So I think it will look, hopefully it'll look funkier. It's sort of, do you know what I mean? Funky pods for people to meet in, yeah. these kind of things. People use cafes and bars and things like that for meetings anyway, well, don't they? But it'll be different because, I, and, and I agree, yes. be, you'll all be sat, you'll have three people around the pod and then there'll be two at home. So everyone will, even at the pod, yeah. you'll, have, you'll have a headset on and you won't really, you'll be looking at each other, but you'll be talking through Zoom, even if you're in the same room. That'll be a bit weird. Yeah. That's going to be Yes. Odd. Yeah, it will. Be, um, we'll get used to it, but we'll especially in a visit, the biggest problem I found because Hoxo have been doing this for about a year, right? We 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 hired a couple of people that were were remote about a year yeah. ago. So, and they've they've usually come to the office one day a week when the other team are in five days a week, and it enabled us to grow quite quick without changing offices. I actually now want to downsize the office even more and have and re, and reverse the whole thing and have people coming in for meetings and stuff. Anyway, um, but one thing I I did the biggest problem we found was the background noise. So when you're using yeah. headphones and Zoom and the, you're, you've got to lower your input volume like substantially to not interrupt and then you're always on mute and you're off mute and, it, and when one's video is not working great or you're too close together, you get this horrible Zoom back feed yeah. noise like, like, you're, like on a fax machine in the 80s. And, you know, there's this, it isn't as easy as people expect. No. And we, we've had that feeling. Um, and also the people that used to work remotely and come in once a week, I don't think they were as part of the culture as they are now that we're all at home. I think those people have kind of, everyone's leveled out. So I'm expecting businesses to have that problem we had a year ago where some of their staff might start to detach a bit because some are working more in the office than others. Um, so it's a really interesting time we've got ahead of us. I, I, I personally think it's a great time. And I, I'm, for, obviously loads of it isn't great, but for the way that people work and bringing us all bringing our industry to the 21st century, I think it's quite exciting what's ahead. Agreed. I mean, agreed. Well, we have to embrace it, don't we? Because I think if we get sick of the wall, don't fancy that, you know, then it's not really growth mindset when we go into it. Of course, there's going to be issues. But let's face it, many companies are taking these decisions. Uh, and industries bigger than our own with more people in the, than our own. And technology will seize the opportunity to provide more and more noise cancelling equipment, yeah, better and better video quality, um, more immersive. I don't even know what that means, but I've heard about it. So <laughs> more immersive video kind of feel to actually feeling in the same room. Crikey, you know, we watch enough of... VR headsets on. Well, exactly. Exactly right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, why not? Why not? <laughs> oh, I'll be a bit sad when if that if that if it gets to the point where you know I just I wake up I, I get my clothes on I sit in my bedroom and I click a button and I arrive in the office and I'm like hey I'm a bit sad about that I think the world the world's ended in that yes I think it sounds like we're both advocates of something futuristic but that doesn't involve you know just staying in staying in the whole time or or you know I think everybody needs certain you know, different degrees of stimuli from. You know, the old Walt Disney concept, isn't it? Different rooms for different activities or whatever else. Yeah. And I think we'll find some kind of medium on that. For me, I mean, look, I used to go out a lot to visit candidates and clients wherever I possibly could. Half of my working day was out if I could probably get to that level. And so I, 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 I've always struggled a little bit with environments where people are at their desk for 10 to 12 hours, you know? Mm. 
it's not, if we study anything about time management theory and human concentration levels, which are dropping through the floor at the moment, yeah. recent piece of research I saw and shared was that people are interrupted every 11 minutes by a colleague, a phone, a message, whatever else. So, so we're used to working in these bite-sized chunks. Um, so I, I think, <clears throat> excuse me, the, the, the variety, some level of variety around what we do and how that's recreated. And it would be sad if we were all just sitting in our silos, you know, spare bedrooms or, or whatever doing that. I think the need to congregate as well, but maybe to congregate for, for the right purposes. Yeah. Um, yeah, not just by default. What, um, what are you advising owners about now then? Because we kind of through that initial phase and people are in a different mode now. I'm obviously back to work is, is probably the biggest thing I've been hearing on the market. When are you going back to the office? People are doing that. But what, what, are, what are Eben able or even able, sorry, advising customers on now? What sort of stuff are you working on? In terms of returning to the office or in terms in of... In general, what, what's, like, what's the most common thing you're helping businesses with right now? The, the most common thing that we're helping people with is sort of re, rethink how they work. Um, so in our, we're, we're launching uh, Kite Recruitment. Um, it's in beta testing now with a number of organisations. And I think it's a chance to think back to, you know, if, if I was to start again, you know, how would I do it? And maybe question a little bit how we worked previously and think about how we can work smarter, more efficiently. Because we get into all these sort of, saw a presentation once uh, when a guy talked about unwritten ground rules, you know, UGRs, these sort of accepted levels of behavior that creep in and no one's actually quite sure who invented the fact that we did this or did that. Why is it necessary? You know, recruitment's evolved quite a bit. Are we, have we really evolved our processes in keeping with that? So that's where people get involved in a little bit of you know, business process re-engineering is a grand term, isn't it? But that's what it is. How, how could we do this better, smarter? And that's where we're getting a lot of questions. We're also, I mean, we're also clearly in, you know, you know about mental health and recruitment, uh, Rhonda's venture, which, you know, obviously I'm, I'm involved with, I'm a supporter of. We are supporting a lot of people who are struggling. Um, and, you know, it, it's, um, yeah, making sure that they're all right and that they're, <clears throat> sorry, that they're, keeping themselves in the right frame of mind, they're keeping the right type of activities. I mean, it's incredibly important to, to keep active, isn't it? Um, and to exercise has proven to be many, many people's tonic, and I think that's true, but also, you know, mentally active. And I think people who haven't done a lot of much, much reading ever, or, I mean, YouTube clips, because we all like small bite-sized chunks of information, watching YouTube, now, I've been doing a hell of a lot of that, watching podcasts. Um, and, and, and so I think people are probably realising that rather than switching on Games of Thrones during their lunch break, which I'm always nervous about, you know, replace one screen with another or content of your screen with another, not getting a proper break from work. Mm. Um, yeah, so, so I, that's, that's what, where we're counselling people to have more mindful environments. So how do you to, actually help, though? That's what I'm, I'm thinking. How, yeah, how sorry, OK. So, so, I mean... From a point of view of, I think people need 
counselling around and help around the fact that you know a, a happy workforce is a productive workforce. How can we promote um, well-being, happiness within the environment? Now we've we've got tons of um, of materials in terms of supporting people through microlearning on that, but also well, you know, if you like, microlearning doesn't it's not all things to all people. It needs to be supported by some degree of face-to-face -face contact and coaching. So how can we, how can we, you know, we're helping overcome, for example, exercises around promoting growth mindset and having, you know, it, it's good to have people who are glass half empty in a situation because they will look for cracks in new ideas and things that we're doing. But how to, how to, for that person not to be seen of as, as the, the negative, you know, slowing people up person but they're the person who can actually bring greater stability to some of the changes that are being introduced so helping people with team makeup helping people with mindfulness helping people with uh, business process re-engineering so, yeah. so all right so i'm a recruitment owner i've got a team of 10 i'm i'm basically the, the kind of classic agency in the market i'm an independent yeah. owner i've got a team of 10 Three of them are working with me. The, the other seven are on furlough. And, and I reckon mindfulness is my biggest problem. Like people are just, you know, they're, they're struggling mentally. What, what will you actually do? Is it a one-on-one -on -one coaching service? Do you provide me with a platform? What, what will you do to help me? Yeah, I mean, look, we, so <clears throat> we responded very quickly to the, the COVID. Um, so our, our development of kite recruitment has been going on for some time now, but we accelerated in conjunction. We uh, Rhonda, in conjunction with the people from Kite, uh, created um, the Kite Support app, which was purely about supporting people on furlough. Nice. So it gave people access to all the usual type of mind, mindfulness. Said so the usual, but damn, but good, good stuff around mindfulness and well-being, and just how to keep your head in the right place, right? So deploying something like that, which was you know, pretty, it was cost negative to us. Um, it, 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 um, so that allowed for five pounds per person for a year, then to have tools to self-help, right? Yeah. And also promoting a sort of conversations with that, those individuals, a regular communication with those individuals that was based around, not based around not just, furlough people feeling left out or badly done by or whatever but feeling that we still had a collective and we still had the yeah there was still time to sort of promote the cultural aspects of the business and keep people together even though they were doing different things I'm so yeah so I'm quite a big fan of I think sort of the, the standalone 360 recruiter is sort of a you know it works in some areas but rarely when you dig under the bonnet of what people are doing in the business do you have pure play 360 recruiters in my experience anyway there's so much deal sharing and whatever going on so people are more and more working as teams i think uh, in my experience the organizations we kind of influence and, and coach and support anyway a message from our final sponsor vincere Vincere, if you don't know, is the all-in-one CRM ATS platform for recruitment and staffing businesses globally. Now, I first heard about Vincere, it feels like a while, it was about a year or so ago. And this 
business came out of nowhere from speaking to recruitment agencies and, and I've always asked them what CRM they use when I, when dealing with them from a Hoxo perspective, the same players usually used to come up, but this word Vincere kept coming up and I was like, okay, I've heard this two, three, four, five times. It must, it must be uh, must be an interesting brand. Um, and now I hear Vincere almost as much as any other brand out there. So I did my research and what I love about Vincere is they're looking to partner and invest in the same types of organizations that Hoxo do, which is the future high growth recruitment business, what I call progressive owners. Um, These guys are putting a product out there to level the playing field and help smaller businesses and those growing to edge over their competition. Um, It's it's proven to be a disruptor in the space. Um, More and more people are using this, this software globally. They recently broke into the G2 crowd momentum grid as the market leader on stellar reviews from users. So the, the, the recruiters that are using Vincere are raving about it. They've got five global offices headquartered in Vietnam. So they, if you've got uh, an office anywhere in the world, they've got this follow the sun methodology. So the support is absolutely top notch. Um, and also by sponsoring the RAG, they're giving a unique offer to our listeners. So if you're listening um, and you want to get involved, go to vincerias, V-I-N-C-E-R-E dot I-O forward slash rag, where they're going to be offering you a unique exclusive deal because you listen to the rag podcast. Get in touch today. So, yeah, so I think putting putting the learning, putting the support of the individual, you know, in their, probably one of their greatest relationships that they have in their life, which is the mobile phone, sadly. But, you know, that's a platform that people want stuff on, isn't it? And they want thin slither. I want to think about this. Here's a mindfulness exercise I can do. Here's a um, <clears throat> something I can think of. I've been thinking about leadership. Here's the way different routes to leadership. So they can do some study about where they want to be, not just where they are now, or where they were, where they want to be and what's coming. How they're going to? But is it all uh, through an app, or do you do? A, have you got one? Have you actually got a coaching service where you guys work with people one on one as well? Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. So we work one on one. We work one to one to one to few, one to many in certain situations yeah. as well. Okay. Um, you know, set up uh, sort of webcasts like this. Um, the idea is that we kind of empower the individual for learning. I mean, if we look at the stats, right, in terms of retention. But all the work that's been done by Ebbinghaus and Art Cohn and others suggests that people retain within days, people, their retention of what they've learned in a workshop is about 10%. It's just too much content in a lot of those scenarios. And the business owners are putting pressure on the trainer to, you know, really be content rich, time, time heavy, whatever. And people aren't going to remember that stuff. So within, within, within an app, um, you can, you know, you can, our app anyway, you can sharpen up your recruitment skills, you can look to future skills that you want to develop, you can, there's, there's well-being and mindset on there as well. So personal, professional, uh, yeah, and, and, men, and mental well-being support is all available there. Right, okay. Right. So Make for me, care. that's, it. so I think we have to, we have to encourage people to have a growth mindset and be responsible for themselves, not in a way of, you know, I've always hated this thing, Sean, of, you know, treat this desk as your own business. Well, because it perpetuates so many people thinking, you know what, this is my own business, I'm off. You know, we've got to promote yeah, people to be able to, to, uh, to, to uh, be self-supporting in many ways. 
but we also need to connect them through the cultural glue. I mean, all the stuff that's coming out of Harvard right now from Professor Bugelman and others is all about, you know, culture as strategy, not culture as part of strategy, culture as strategy. You can get your culture right and business you know, will grow within reason, obviously. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. I think the whole mindfulness piece is so important as well. I'm reading a book called Mindfulness right now. And um, I mentioned before, you, you, you'd listened enough to know I, I, uh, I was drinking this massive bottle of water. But today is actually the last day. It's the day 75 of my 75 hard challenge, which I, I started on March the 30th. And it was a mindful challenge, really, because it was, look, we're going into lockdown. I think we were, what, four, seven days into lockdown from the yeah. 24th. And I'd actually had a few beers, like not every day, but I'd, I'd probably had more beers in the week or two leading up to lockdown than I'd normally. And, uh, you know, I was getting into a habit of a couple in, in the evening. And um, I'm one of them. I can either quite easily be all or, or quite or nothing. And, uh, and then I looked at the future ahead and I thought, right, we're going into lockdown. I believe this is going to be a considerable period of time. And a mate of mine had just finished 75 hard and it was on. I'd listened to the podcast with a guy called Andy Frizzella anyway. So I knew, I knew what it was. And I always had an excuse not to do it. I always had a reason not to do it, but I've done it. And, uh, you know, I've got to finish today, but I'll I'll be fine. Uh, But it is a mindfulness challenge. I mean, the exercise has been great. It's definitely, I mean, I've lost five kilos. I've actually got, I've I've injured my back a bit, which is a bit annoying, but which has slowed me down in the last two weeks. But the exercise has been great. Um, Drinking water has been great. The ability to um, eat, like just the the, the willpower to say no to everything. Like my, my brother in law owns a restaurant. And Deliveroo and Uber Eats, we drive there, we go for a walk around the block, I get a coffee, but he always says, do you want some food? And I have to say no. And it's like, it's really good tapas food as well. Um, but I've said no to everything like that. And then one, the one thing it asks you to do is read a book for 10 minutes a day, uh, 10 pages a day, a self-improvement or, and I'm reading mindfulness now, but I feel like this challenge has allowed me for the first time to really practice mindfulness without even thinking, without knowing. I've been so in the moment. I've been so like, Every morning, enjoying waking up, enjoying having my coffee, enjoying practicing yoga or going for a run. Whereas normally, I was on such autopilot. I was waking up. I was running around the flat. I've got a little dog. I was trying to get him ready. And he's a nightmare, a little French bulldog who just doesn't want to do anything. Yeah, he's he's cute, but he's a nightmare. Um, And I was jumping on the central line, getting to the office, running into the office. Then I was going to the gym. My life was just nonstop. And for the first time there's like a breathing out period. Like there's a pace, the pace has changed. But when I look at my days, I'm probably doing nine to 11, nine, 11 to 11, 12 Zoom calls and a day. So my productivity has gone through the roof, but the start of every day has been mindful without, and then when I've read the book mindfulness at the end, without any plan, I've gone, this is what I've been doing without really knowing about it. Mm. Um, and it's, it's amazing. It's actually amazing what it can do. And, there's that piece around depression is looking back and anxiety is looking forward. Yeah. I, I, no one had taught me that. I didn't know that. Um, and so once you realize that as well, it almost frees you up a bit because you're like, all right, well, if I just worry about what I'm doing right now, I don't have to think about them. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. Living in crazy. the moment. It's crazy. Um, how do you see the, my final question, Ben, is that how do you see the future workforce of our, of our sector thriving? Like what's your, advice if you if you had to give like you know one final piece of advice to recruitment owners that they really care about their people they really care about being a successful business in the new world what if you had to give them one piece of information what would it be to, to be successful in the future 
I think increase your focus on making, you know, on the markets you're in, the universities you're working, the, the relationships you have, because relationships, I think, are what carries you through the hard times. And if you behave like you're in a hard time all the time, <laughs> then, you know, with that focus um, on building the right relationships, then you know, the, the future is going to be secure because you can't be disintermediated by any of the tech. We haven't even talked about technology today. There's a whole load of it coming down the line, isn't the recruitment technology. Um, so only the people who really have the strong, strong relationships, depending on their markets, will you know, have that sort of that ability, I think, to, to be... Seth Godin's another guy I follow a lot of. He talks about a linchpin, someone who can leverage, yes, the technology. That's where we want to be. That's where the recruiters of tomorrow will be. They're, they're people who can never be replaced by a machine. Uh, there was a clip on... Uh, on Radio 4 I was listening to and they were interviewing some new squadron leader and he was talking about uh, a new fighter uh, plane, horrible topic, but nevertheless, it cost, it cost billions, I think. A helmet that the pilot was going to wear was 500 million. So, of course, the, the interviewer asked him, well, it begs the question, so why do we still need a human? And the guy said that human decision-making just can't, at that level, just can't Placed. And that's why driverless cars aren't quite out there yet, whatever it is, isn't yeah. it? So, so that's what we need to focus on, that element of human decision-making, relationships that people will still want, in my opinion, anyway. Yeah, I completely agree. Completely agree. Um, well, Ben, thank you so much. Really enjoyed the chat. Um, hope you've enjoyed Pleasure. giving us some time. Um, if any of my listeners want to reach out and find out a bit more about what you do and just pick your brains, you're open for that? Of course. Always happy to speak to people, to help people. That'd be fantastic. Yeah. On LinkedIn, best place to get you. Yeah? I'll, I'll make sure. LinkedIn. Yeah, by email. Wicked. Guys, thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. Um, I, uh, I, I don't ask for anyone to pay me to listen, but I do ask you to do one thing, and that's share this show with someone who is in need of this information. So, you know, we're coming at you every day at the minute. I know it's a bit relentless. For those of you that listen every day, thank you. For those of you that are picking this up, and uh, probably a little bit like, whoa, there's a lot of episodes to get through. Um, well, I hope you enjoyed this one. And I, and I really do hope you can share this with somebody else and, you know, help okay. them out in there. Hello. <laughs> hello. Hello. <laughs> Sorry, um, my son's just got back from school. Just that's all right. Um, <laughs> What's his name? That's Sean. Hi, Sean. Hello, mate. Um, anyway, guys, I'll leave you to it. But in the me- I'll be back again tomorrow. But in the meantime, you stay safe. and I'll see you soon. This podcast is brought to you by Hoxo Media. We are the world's number one inbound marketing agency exclusively focused on helping the recruitment industry. Myself and my business partner started the business in 2017, having been recruiters for seven years before. We felt that the recruitment industry back then needed to change and that marketing was going to play a huge role in the way that new and existing recruitment organizations won business and stood out in such a crowded marketplace. In three years, we've now worked with over 200 organizations around the world. We reach a huge audience with both this podcast and content online. And we have over 55 recruitment agencies right now. We're managing the marketing force. That involves strategy, content creation, distribution, systems process, and leads generated. Having been recruiters and marketeers, We can not only build your brand, but we're also able to connect it to your sales team and ensure 
that leads are generated as a result of marketing, there's a clear ROI that leads to sales activity. But we also understand recruitment businesses. That's small businesses, medium-sized businesses, large businesses in all sectors. We understand you, we've done the job, and we can build campaigns that are super relevant to what you need as a business right now. We've also recently launched the Hoxo Academy, which is designed to help recruitment owners, recruiters, and marketeers learn from the work that we do so that you can action some of this stuff in-house on your own. The Academy has been launched in May 2020 and has already had an amazing uh, response from the market and it's only going to grow one way. So if you're interested in either having Hoxo support, you build your marketing as a, as a supplier that acts as part of your team or you want to be trained by us on how to do it yourself, then get in touch. Visit www.hoxomedia.com and register your interest on our homepage. We will then get back to you within 24 hours and arrange uh, an introductory call. Thanks again for listening to this show. Every single one of you means so much and we will see you again soon.